Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, well, hello, everybody. It is the Weekly Dose for January 25th, 2017. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the most downloaded, most listened to, most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance, if you don't mind. My name is Brian Stone, and today's show is coming up. You know, some are better than others. Depends on who you ask. It is the 25th of January. This month is already damn near gone. The other day we were singing Auld Lang Syne. So I messed that up on the last podcast i'll get to that in a minute and now it's already almost february and however it is you find the show i do appreciate it a, a big big busy week um the most important and busy recording broadcast podcast week i've had since july and then before that since i worked at that old crappy radio station on the other side of town uh, the Rick Rushing show and the Blues Strangers that I recorded down live at the workspace, Chattanooga workspace, over the weekend of the 21st is on YouTube. Thanks to Umbrella Productions and uh, Ivy Elmendorf and Stam Studios. They helped me make that uh, a reality. It was really cool. Go check it out on YouTube. And if you're not into that thing, well, then I, I, there's a variety of different things. Coming up on January 26th, and of course, available for the rest of your life, Robert T. Nash, a former radio personality, a uh, beat writer of sorts at times in his career in Nashville and Chattanooga, will be on with me. And then coming up on the 28th of January, probably the coolest, biggest show and real name show I've ever done, Wayne White from Wayne-O-Rama in downtown Chattanooga. I'm going to take the podcast live and on the move down to his exhibit and record that live. It's an open house. Come on down. Come hang out with us. Come see what we do. See how this works. See how the sausage is made, if you will. And uh, that's coming up here in just a couple of days. And then, again, we'll be available for the rest of your life. You can listen to it at your leisure. I have officially gotten Google to where I needed to be um, as far as in search uh, in the search engine. Stone on air, all one word. Stone on air, all one word. If you want to figure out how to find the social media, if you want to figure out how to find the website, if you want to figure out how to download the show in any podcast app, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, uh, Google Google Play Music, I should say, uh, what else? Tune in radio. It's it's everywhere. You can find audio on the internet. Just put Stone on Air, all one word. Um, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. I mean, they're everywhere. I appreciate your involvement there. Um, I'm going to get to uh, my two takes today, well, two and a half, three takes today, the Women's March. I'm going to get to that in around 10 
to 12 minutes or so from right now and give you my thoughts on all of that and my thoughts on other people's thoughts on that, as well as a Facebook thread um, from Angela Lisi, who is uh, Billy Dead, the drummer from the Dead Deads. They are a band of all women. They are a band uh, that are very highly educated and incredibly intelligent feminist activist at heart uh, women. And I, I, I grabbed some attention to some of the things that were being said on her page and we'll kind of microcosm the entire event over the weekend that was the Women's March, one of the biggest protest slash awareness um, gatherings in the history of the world, almost. It was uh, pretty impressive or terrible and worst thing ever, depends on who you ask. Uh, one thing about we'll say about Trump involving in that Women's March, and I'll get to uh, Stone's Throw here in just a minute before I get to the, uh, the, the full-blown, uh, my thoughts on the Women's March, is that the inauguration looks like it was close to three quarters of a million people who came to that uh, last week. I don't, I don't care how many people did or didn't go. Um, the Women's March had 3.3 million from a, most uh, estimates that you see out there. But what I don't understand is that for days afterwards, the press secretary and some of the other uh, cronies that are around Don Trump, the president of the United States, instead of continuing to talk about how many people are or are not at these events, why doesn't Don Trump, the president of the United States, not just say, hey, listen, I don't know or care how many people attended either of these. I have very important business to get to as the leader of the free world and as the most important and powerful man in the world. I'll let you guys worry about how many people showed up at events. How about that? I would have so much more respect for the man if he would just say something along those lines instead of this continuing. And I know the media, the, the media peppers it. The media starts it. But he says the media is the biggest liars ever. So why doesn't he walk away and just say, listen, guys, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I've got work to do. In less than 10 minutes, I'll address the what rights do women not have, quote unquote, guy gal that's been on social media for the last three and a half days. The, well, I got, I'm a woman and I got rights, or a man saying, I don't understand what rights women don't have. You know, you saw this regurgitated on social media for the last handful of days. You saw this fraudulently posted as intellectually enriched thought starters from mostly uninspired, dense, middle-aged white people. You saw this. And I'll tell you what I think about this nonsense is passive-aggressive, self-imposed ignorance coming up here in just a few minutes. First, a very simple thing is the subject matter of Stone's Throw, and it's coffee. What? Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me, I'm stupid, I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? Stone's Throw on the Weekly Dose for January 25th, 2017 is about coffee. Wait, what? Yeah. Trust me, it'll make sense by the end. Oftentimes, especially in sports circles, when you're talking sports conversation, uh, debate, argument, sports talk radio, um, and, and lots of other various uh, variations of conversation, 
you get kind of a, uh, a a question of how are things so much different from generation to generation when it comes to our genetic makeup. And what I mean by that is, I'll give you the sports uh, comparison of, like in, in Major League Baseball, I'm a big baseball fan. In the last like 10 years, there's been regularly an oblique strain injury. Now, 20 years ago, there was no such thing as an oblique strain. Now, there was an oblique, it's in the side, it's in your side, it's in your muscles, uh, the, the side of your rib cage, I guess. I don't know, I'm not a doctor. But it's it's in your, it's because you twist when you go to swing, you you twist your your middle your middle body and you can strain that. Well, for decades and decades and 100 years or 200,000 billion years, whatever, there wasn't nutrition technology and wellness and fitness technology that gave you the muscles in your oblique to strain. So this was not something you ever heard of before. Uh, that's just one quick example. So you can use that in lots of different things. There's lots of different, there's, there's uh, diagnoses and, and illnesses that we didn't used to have. It's, you know, medicine is the new disease. We're almost creating disease with how much medicine we have. And I've long said that we're poisoning our society at an alarming rate. I mean, we're eating, drinking, toxic food and liquids, exposed to fumes and gases and chemicals almost on a daily basis. And it's stunted and altered our physical and mental maturation. It's literally retarding the way the human body develops. And this has been happening ever since World War II, I would say at least, probably since the beginning of time, but certainly since World War II and, and the modernized world that we know, but I'd say even more rapidly since the 1980s, in just my lifetime. I was born in 1980. If you add in technological pollution and the power of mind and body-altering pharmaceuticals, we are almost, as a, as a culture, as a society, as a human race, we are almost genetically unrecognizable from just a handful of generations before us. So now what's my point? Brian, you said this was about coffee. What the hell are you talking? What are you, what are you rambling about? Well, after I got fired from those crappy radio stations, uh, I won't go into who they are. You know who they are by now. Back in June, I started working on building this podcast network and this brand and started having lots and lots of meetings, and it's worked out pretty well. We've built to the, to the biggest listenership in the entire city. But at first, I didn't know what I was doing, so I met with a lot of different people over coffee. Now, I haven't drank coffee ca or any caffeinated beverages outside of just every now and again, maybe a Coke or something, if there's one available and there's nothing else to drink or something. But I have not had caffeine in my diet in over 10 years, 11 years. I also have a low sugar intake in my diet. I'm not bragging. I'm an alcoholic. I mean, I got my problems. You got yours. I, I have a uh, higher than recommended sodium-based diet. I'm an alcoholic, but I do not drink any caffeine. I do not smoke cigarettes. I do not have much sugar intake. And so I sat down having coffee every now and again, bouncing around these different loca, doca, mochas and stuff once every few weeks. And I noticed that this stuff was pretty powerful. And then after a while, I realized I am freaking high as a kite when I drink these things. There is so much sugar and caffeine in this coffee that I, I, am, I am literally under the influence more than I am of drugs or alcohol at any other time in my life currently. And so I've gotten to where recently I like to go to Nashville every now and again in Atlanta and, and surrounding areas. And I like to get a get a, a, a an iced mocha because I don't do hot drinks. I only do iced drinks. 
and I get in my car and I get my podcast for two hours or whatever the drive's going to be. It's actually very ther- therapeutic. I really enjoy it. I take the two-hour drive. I leave in the morning early when there's light traffic, and I listen to my podcast or my brand-new music or whatever it is that I want to hear, NPR or whoever, the sports station, whatever it might be. And I drink this coffee, and at times I've been driving, and I've felt so stoned, so high at times, that I felt like I was literally under the influence and legally should not be behind the wheel. That's how stoned this stuff gets me. Because I still only do it once every, like, four to six weeks. Maybe, Maybe once a month at the most. And so... The other week, I stopped by Starbucks because it was the quickest way to get in and out of town. I was going to Nashville for the new year. And I grabbed my, my iced mocha and I cranked up a podcast. It was actually Clay Travis's podcast. And we'll talk about old Clay Travis here in just a few minutes. And I hit the road. But when I was at that Starbucks, it was packed, man. It was a Saturday. It was packed. And I was... You know, kind of in a hurry, wanted to get going, anxious and, and just impatient. And I look around while I'm inside the Starbucks, and there's nothing but kids. There's a cheerleading competition of sorts in town. You know, we have those once or twice a year. It's a huge deal. Bunch of, mon- bunch of money comes into the city. And so I bet that the Reed House was completely booked. And the entire Starbucks at the bottom floor of the Reed House was completely packed with kids almost Every one of them under the age of 18, certainly, but most of them under the age of 16, and many of them under the age of 10. And every single one of these kids was just chomping at the bit, jittery out of their minds, freaking out, give me my coffee, give me my coffee. The stuff that makes me a grown-ass 36-and-a-half-year-old man with a history of substance uh, intake Gets me so stoned, I'm afraid I'm not even supposed to be driving legally. And these kids drink this stuff. I would like, I would say, maybe not every one of them. Maybe some of it was, hey, we're on vacay, bro. We're on vacay, guys. Have yourself a a, a treat. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. These kids drink this stuff every single day. 10, 20, 30 years ago, kids didn't drink coffee. And they sure as hell didn't drink these sugary, jacked out of their heads coffees every single day. So when you look at things and you wonder why your genetic makeup is so incredibly freaking out of whack from what, you, what you're used to or what you remember or what you read, it's because we are poisoning our society one little dose, a little bit more, every generation at a time. And keep that in mind as you raise kids. I don't raise kids. I don't have them. It's by design. It's all up to you. Just be, be, be conscious of that. This is Peggy Young and the Survivors. Peggy Young is the the uh, ex-wife of freaking Neil Young. And if you listen to the uh, the podcast with Rick Rushing, which you can get on YouTube or download anywhere else, uh, I mentioned I played a song from Neil Young that was talking about uh, his breakup and his divorce with his wife. Well, this is a song called Trying to Live My Life Without You, a song from Peggy Young about... Li- Neil and I said the other day and I'll say it now I don't want to live a life in a world where Peggy and Neil Young are divorced and I guess I'm just going to have to be okay with it this is the most listened to downloaded and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga like share and always love be sure to rate and review when you get a chance coming up next I will talk about the women's march the resistance to it 
and my thoughts overall. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the Stone On Air podcast in the weekly dose for January 25th, 21st, the day after Inauguration Day, millions of people did something that is not only their constitutional right, it was executed to the very specific wording and to the very nature of the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. Is it the most important amendment? Is it the most important right of the Bill of Rights? I don't know that it is, but it is the very first I'll brush you up on your history of the First and Second Amendment here in just a second. Is it the most important? I don't know. Is that is that important in itself? I don't know about that either. A lot of people were really mad about this. On the social media world, people just couldn't help themselves but to what I believe was a self-imposed, ignorant, passive-aggressive approach to marginalize a movement. More on that coming up. But most of the people that were mad and wanted to voice their irritation through social media are the types that will die and fight, literally die and fight you to protect the Second Amendment, but have no problems belittling you when you exercise your first. 
just a quick history brush up. Amendment 1 and Amendment 2 of the Bill of Rights. One is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of of grievances. That's the first one. The Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Most of the people that had a major problem with what was going on over the weekend will literally fight you over two and will marginalize and belittle you because of the first. Selective patriotism at its finest. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, Angela Lisi, she is the drummer of the Dead Deads. Billy Dead is her stage name. And a thread that caught my eye. A lot of threads caught my eye. Hers caught mine the most. The girls from the Dead Dead, an all-female band, highly educated, very incredibly intelligent people, and feminist activist activism is, is, is very important to them. And just for an anecdote till you know, Angela, Billy Dead, is a lesbian. I figured that was worth at least mentioning. And the attacks she was getting on this thread was just typical Facebook nonsense. But we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But what this was over the weekend was not about American women not having the same rights as American men. That's where this selective, I'm going to choose, I don't understand, I don't get it. I don't know, women have the same rights. You're choosing to not understand so you can use passive aggression in your social media posting. Yes, women in America have generally the same rights as men. For 2,000 of well-documented years of civilization, women have had Full equal rights for the most part for about 5% of that. Less than 100 years out of 2,000 years of documented civilization. Hundreds of millions of human beings, as we speak, currently live without civil liberties. They live without social justice. That's why the slogan of this march, one of the slogans, one of the many slogans, but one of the more prominent ones was, women's rights are human rights. This wasn't about one specific thing. This was about a bigger, more wide-range thing. And in the end, to me, this was less of a protest and more about awareness. A lot of times you think you watch the NFL and whatever month it is, and you see them all wearing pink. God, why are they wearing pink? This is, they look so stupid. It's because you're too preoccupied with your own selfish life that if, 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 if we didn't have ways to promote awareness for breast cancer research, you wouldn't care. The Ice Bucket Challenge, a bunch of dimwits and dense dullards all over the world, certainly the country, dumped buckets of ice on their heads so they can get likes primarily, but at the end of the day, it was for ALS awareness, and it was effective. I thought it was dumb, but it was effective. We are so selfish and unaware of anything outside of our smartphones. Peaceful assembly can be an incredible thing. And my biggest question is, To guy who hates this or gal who hates this, why are you so mad? Why can't you just ignore it? I'm not happy that Don Trump's the president. I don't think the world's going to end. I'm a white American male. But I wasn't happy, so you know what I did? I ignored it. Inauguration weekend and day. I didn't watch. I didn't get on, on, on Facebook and Twitter and troll people on Snapchat and Instagram. I just, I just, I just went missing. And I actually had a pretty good day. 
Why can't you do that? Why do you have to? Why do you insist? Why is your social media self-control so poor that you can't get you cannot step away and just ignore something? Get a hobby. Go outside and and, and hang out and, and take a walk. Get a dog. Do something to preoccupy yourself. You're obsessed. A lot of the men you see out there, the the comment was, again, it was regurgitated, fraudulent uh, thought starters that were posed as intelligent thought. Oh, what rights don't women have? Well, men are stupid. Some of them might have actually not known what they were talking about. But you saw a bunch of women on social media saying, I'm a woman and I have all the same rights as men. I don't get this. Of course you do. This isn't about you. Of course you have the same rights. You're a middle to above class white American female. This isn't about you. Leave it to arrogant white people to take something that's not about them whatsoever and try to make it all about them and try to marginalize other people's fights and passions. And then you get people who are normally respectable people like Clay Travis, who's one of my favorite sports talk radio guys. He's been on the ascend in the sports talk world and sports media world and blogosphere for about five to seven years now. I've been listening to him before anybody has ever heard of him. You likely probably haven't heard of him. And this was him. Again, a guy I love, a guy who's grown up in Democratic politics, a guy who worked on Al Gore's presidential campaign, a guy who has worked on Democratic campaigns in Middle Tennessee. This is Clay Travis talking about this on his radio show yesterday. It's the stupidest protest in the history of protest. Women were protesting the fact that they might not have rights in the future. It's the participation medal of protest. We've got all our rights right now, but it's important for you to know that if we lose our rights in the future, we're going to be here to fight against you. Here's an idea for you. It's not a protest if you're not facing a deprivation of either your life or your liberty. That's just a party in the streets. People didn't protest in this women's march because there was actually danger they were facing. They wanted to put a selfie on social media of them surrounded by a bunch of other women. Yay, yay. It's an unbelievable party. We're here to send a message that we have all our rights right now, but if you try to take our rights away, we're going to stand up to you. You kidding me? No, we're not kidding you, Clay Travis. We're not kidding you at all. Again, I love this guy and listen to him every day. It's the dumbest take I've heard all week. It's proaction. It's being proactive. Yeah, there might be something in the future that could be detrimental to our civil liberties. So we're going to do something about it and at least make it known that we're here. And it was global and it was real. The second most powerful man in the world right now, Pence, thinks that you can cure homosexuality. And the most powerful man, Trump, pretends to be pro-life to appease his so-called Christian constituents. Yes, I said it, so-called Christians. This is stuff to be concerned about and a reason to make your voice heard. Angela Lisi from the Dead Deads, Billy Dead, the drummer, on her Facebook page, a thread, over the last few days, I I ran it by her to tell her I was going to read some of this. This is her post. I see a lot of men posting, quote, what rights do I have that women don't, end quote. You are missing the point. Did you not see all the men marching as well? Did you not see the entire world protesting against our president? One day in office and the rest of the world is scared of what's to come. 
If that doesn't make you think or worry about some potential bad times ahead, then I can't woman-splain that to you. We protest against many things Trump and his cohort stand for. We fight to protect what's ours, our bodies, for example. We stand up for equality, men and women of any race and sexual identity. We must continue to research climate change. These are just a few things the march represented. Pretty well spoken, all together a nice thought, good punctuation, nice grammar. Well, the biggest antagonist of the thread, which you can imagine just goes for miles, because there's no self-control in this world, is from Patrick Flip Rawlinson, something like that. Here's his response. Men are asking that question to find out what exactly, misspelled, is not equal, and no one is answering it because, misspelled, your argument, misspelled, is bullspit. The real word is actually spelled correctly. How exactly does wearing vagina costumes and talking about your pussy protest the president who is legally voted in through our own American system by Americans? You preach climate change research, which will continue to happen regardless of what human is in the office. And yet you people trashed our environment with litter and vandalism. Your protests were all based on media's, misspelled, false and biased bullspit. This time the word was actually misspelled. Information. The world is worried because they don't have a pushover of a president who caters to them anymore. We now have a president who wants to cater to Americans more than foreigners. That is a good F-U-C-K-I-N-G change, in my opinion. Give the guy a goddamn chance. He's been in office for three days. And also, if any one of you think one guy in a government full of checks and balances is going to drastically change you, life, Without the approval of the Republic, misspelled, for which he stands, you're a damn fool. Thanks for joining us, Patrick Flip Ralston. That's a perfect example of somebody who can't keep their cool and has absolutely no self-control. That dude can't hit enter quick enough. He can't even get his expletives spelled correctly. Six misspelled words in that little tirade. Because he can't, can't. I gotta hit enter. Gotta hit enter. I can't not hit enter. If you've got a real intelligent thought, it doesn't have to have expletives all over it, and you can stop and make sure the damn thing's spelled right. From a blog from um, Danielle's her name, Angela posted this on this same thread when I told her I was going to be talking about this. This is her, uh, just a quick one paragraph, and then I'll be done with the show. Um, from her weekend in in uh, Washington, D.C. It's uh, blogspot.com. I am Danielle. I headed down to D.C. after work on Friday night. When I got into the city and settled, we made our shirts and prepped our signs for the march. Saturday was an exciting day. We were at the first stop on the yellow line for the metro. The station was packed with participants heading into the same place. Once we boarded the train to head to D.C., it was already very crowded. Every stop, there were more and more people wanting to get on. Women, men, children, all races, with signs galore, pussy hats. There, were no, there was no more room on the train. People cheered when we got to each stop. People on the platform waved at us as we were all there for the same thing. We chatted with the people we stood next to. We took videos, pictures. People asked for photos of our shirts. When the metro went over the river, the throngs of women in their pink hats walking across waved at us and celebrated with us. I fought back the tears as we went by. It was just really 
uplifting to see. I'm not asking you to like things like this. If it's not, if you think it's unnecessary and you're not interested, that's fine. That's totally cool. Like, I'm absolutely okay with that. But when you self-impose ignorance in the form of passive aggression to marginalize a narrative that you don't like, that's not cool, and that is a major part of the problem. I thought we were supposed to be coming together. Yeah, I don't think anybody truly believes that. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the most listened to, most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Be sure to rate and review when you get a chance. And always, do not be a fraud. The truth is incredibly easy to remember. And as this podcast grows and this space continues to get bigger, I ask in 2017 that you continue to watch it. See you. Bye.